0: Okay, shall we just yeah. hit the
1: road? Yep, I did. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, Your, T- Your Time Starts Now, a Taskmaster podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing today's episode just a little bit differently in the opening, because uh, as many of you might know, last week, unfortunately, famed uh, British panel show contestant and com- generally great comedian, uh, Sean Locke, uh, died, tragically, of mm. cancer. Rip Sean Locke. So... um he was a very like, funny man I loved, mention- I loved
0: i loved ad- eight out of ten cats does countdown he was so funny he always just everything he did everything he said was just absolutely perfect uh, it was just classic two- british comedy in its finest with sean lock
1: two-time carrot in a box champion uh just generally a good comedian everyone's Uh, like, favorite fantasy Taskmaster contestant, as he sadly never did make it on the show. Uh, We just wanted to uh, make sure that everybody was aware of that, and we paid our respects to him. Uh, I think now, Emerson, if you want to, in the edit, drop in the soundbite of what he wanted his obituary to be, because he mentioned it once on uh, 8 Out of 10 Cats. Okay.
2: What would you like your obituary to say? I don't care. I'll be dead. (laughs) ideally I'd like it just to say no why no ah you can't write tears jimmy
0: Ooh, I'm not going to like that click sounded good cuz in in playback
1: you can just edit that out
0: okay um, but uh, yeah, that was yeah. Uh, th- our condolences, that is
1: what Sean would have wanted.
0: Our condolences go out to uh, Sean's family. Um, yeah, we're we're very we're we're all very sorry, and the nation is extremely not even not even just my nation. Anyone who's ever seen Sean on anything he's done is extremely heartbroken.
1: Yeah, it is, a, it is a tragic loss. We've actually had a couple of very tragic yeah. losses to comedy very recently because um, for those of you on the, my side of the Atlantic, Trevor Moore, the uh, one of the guys behind the comedy group Whitest Kids You Know, tragically died in, I swear to God, a freak accident in his yard at home, uh, which that's very tragic. He was only 41. So yeah. we definitely uh, need to preserve our comedians a bit better.
0: Yeah. Sorry, YouTube comment by, uh, I can't remember exactly who said it, uh, but I think it was on Sean Locke's uh, best moments on QI. Hang on, I'll just, if I can go back through my history and see if I can uh, see it, I can shout out who. Uh, um, um, YouTube user Advent3546. Uh, the world feels a little dimmer when a comedian dies. Rip Sean. Too right, Advent, too right. It um, is a good
1: way to uh, to put it. Now move. Now, is there anything? Should else talk we talk about the absolute disaster
0: subject? that was uh, last week's episode?
1: Yeah, that was what I was about to move on to. That was our bad. Because yeah, we, we something tried
0: happened. To- I'm I'm the one responsible for editing the episode. Something happened at some point that sort of desync the tracks and I was literally just at the end of my tether it was it was it, that day it was tuesday the um fuck it uh, it's
1: tuesday before we the day we put them up because we put them up tuesday on a wednesday
0: the 17th i think it was it anyway the date doesn't matter anyway that date was one of the most stressful days of my life i had to edit the whole podcast in one day and i'm going to have to edit this episode in just one day too uh, and I was also lumped into doing a lot of uh, help around the house as well. I had to take some stuff to the charity shop, uh, and on my way to the charity shop, I fell down and injured my hand. What did you do? I tripped on a paving pavement. The bit of the pavement was not Oof. even. Thankfully, no one oh, saw, um, and I've, I'm I'm kind of glad it was that way. But I didn't injure my hand seriously, but I I did graze it. So, oh well. Shit happens, I guess.
1: Yeah. And then it was also kind of my fault, because he sent it to me, and then I listened to, like, 15 minutes of it to make sure that there wasn't anything obviously wrong with the levels or anything. And uh for those of you who have listened to the new version of Episode 3 will notice that the first soundbite is, like, 25 minutes into it. So, uh... I didn't notice, and I didn't really listen to it through when I put it into my video editing software, because my video editing software takes like two and a half hours to do it, and it takes another two and a half hours to go up on YouTube. So sometimes I don't get them up until like Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, I wasn't really paying attention. Pretty shit.
0: Yeah, so uh, what made it bearable was that the episode was pretty short by our standards. Yeah. Um. Uh, A special thanks to. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Continue. Special thanks to friend of the channel, Spelvin, who will probably be coming on our uh, Have Your Say episode when we do that, uh, for messaging me through Discord and saying, did you mean to do this with the audio being really fucked up? And uh, Mm. no, no, we didn't. I know my
0: my audio sounded really, really bad anyway. Um, I did a quick uh, test recording beforehand uh, to see if it sounded uh, as bad as it did. And thankfully it didn't. uh, But it was and might come across as a little bit echoey uh, because – I'm in a I started out in a very, very small room. Uh the room's only about uh six feet by six feet. Uh and it's a sh- it's a shed in the back of our garden. Um or and I hate to make a reference to a few series, a shed. Uh you've not seen series nine, have you?
1: No, but I know what you're referring to.
0: Yeah. Uh Rose Matafeo. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant mm-hmm. comedian, brilliant woman. Um Yeah, so Joe said uh, I sounded really echoey. So what I did was uh, I just flung my dressing gown over myself and my microphone and my laptop so I can still... So uh, um, Emerson's
1: coming from his uh, fabric grief cave.
0: Yeah. That's what I... To Forget little polythene grief cave, even though that was last week's episode. Um, Here's this episode. Um, I think it's time. I don't really have any banter in my personal life. Do you?
1: I... I have, it's not so much banter as it is juicy local gossip that I really want to share. Whatever because, it is, keep it short. Because, uh, ooh, we might have to do that on a different day then, because this is not exactly short banter. Uh, basically, my town is in the middle of a, uh, I might have to keep the details for later, but, um, basically, my town's having a bit of local corruption going on, and, uh, which we discovered because the city and the fire department are having issues over overtime pay, because the fire department has been responding to uh, overtime to has been responding to emergency services calls for like medical emergencies, which the city doesn't want them to do anymore because when they do that they have to call in overtime people to cover if there's actually like a fire, and we have a, uh, we have a contract with the local hospital who has their own ambulance service so we don't need the fire department to do that naturally the fire the fire department and also the fire department overtime pay is one of the single largest line item budgets line items in the city's budget deficit so naturally cutting down on overtime costs would be good the fire department is really pissed off about this and is saying that the mayor is making everyone unsafe and this is just normal back and forth city politicking until the city's public service director basically slammed a receipt down on the table and set and, you know, sort of put this out here because I'm going to say a, a phrase here um, for for those of you in the United States, the phrase all cops are bastards might um, might be a phrase you're familiar with. I apparently live in some mega reality Like alternate universe where no, no, it's all firefighters or bastards because in the last six months, the city has the city has not fired firefighters who have done the following things: surreptitiously placed a tracking device on a citizen's vehicle prior in order to gain advantage over that citizen in a court case, then followed the guy across two county lines and used his status as a reserve sheriff's deputy to get the guy pulled over and almost searched without due cause, has, uh, when another firefighter threatened to fail a local businessman's fire inspection if he didn't get overtime for it, uh, didn't fire anyone when the head of the Parks and Recreation Department gave emergency access cards to the rec center in town to the fire department, and then when they discovered that the cards were going to f- to family members of the firefighters. Instead of being left in the fire trucks for emergency access, they asked for them back. And then one of the firefighters' spouses filed a complaint against the head of the Parks and Rec Department and demanded a public apology. They also didn't fire anyone when a firefighter took a fire truck home to plow his driveway while on duty when it snowed. Also didn't fire... The firefighters who blackmailed a third firefighter for being involved in the uh, married people having an affair website, Ashley Madison, nor did they fire a separate firefighter who who used those same Ashley Madison screenshots to uh, try to anonymously get the uh, turn in the other guy and get him fired because they didn't want him to have a promotion. This has all happened in the last six months in this town. So apparently the fire fi- firefighters are sacks of shit. And I, I, I'm just flabbergasted by this, especially because we just spent like a couple of million dollars th- as the local electorate to build them a brand new fire station that went over budget and they had to have a second budget levy for. This is, this is just ridiculous small town gossip, but it's like it's so outlandish that I feel like I have to share it with someone.
0: Okay. That we have I mean, corrupt
1: firemen. Like, I mean,
0: I don't know. Who, I hope people listen to our podcast for the reason that they want some sort of escapism from the world. And what you've just done is unloaded about five or six minutes worth of very, very, very specific and very, very, very difficult to relate to politics on the if world. You're,
1: I Corrupt firemen is just such a wild concept. Though isn't it? Like that's not how this works. It 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 is a pretty bizarre concept. I'll give you that. Which which is why I'm just like like you'd expect the police to do this, but the police in town are great. The police in town are actually genuinely nice people. Well, I'm. You're lucky to live like in an area like over that. Here. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm surprised considering you know everything that's going on in the world in general where we have corrupt firemen what the shit anyways um should should we get on with the episode
0: i don't believe we actually introduced this podcast at 12 minutes and something oh my god i did
1: no i did interrupt i did i interrupted this this episode and i did introduce this episode at the very beginning because i always am about to say the name of another podcast that i listen to and i'm like wait no no, I don't listen to this podcast. I'm on this podcast.
0: Anyway, so, uh, this um, is But in and case you
1: missed it, this is... Your Time Starts Now, a Taskmaster podcast. He's Emerson, and I am Joe.
0: That's right. And today we are tackling uh, episode four of series three of Taskmaster, a very nuanced character. Um... So, uh, Greg introduces the contestants. He mentions his golden trophy. Um... I just want to say this. The trophy is absolutely awful. It looks nothing like grey. I know that's the <laughs> whole... I know that's the whole point of it, though. It, it, you know what it reminds me of? You know that... Um, I I hope, I hope, I hope I've got the right person here. But do you see that statue they made of Cristiano Ronaldo outside of an airport? Or yes,
1: something? I do know of which one you're talking about.
0: I feel like the trophy is a lot like
1: that in the sense that it, it's... I've never noticed that it that it doesn't look like him but I think what the other thing is they probably made one and then have been just recasting it over and over again and as greg gets older the less I mean, it looks like I mean Josh him.
0: has still got his weird karate trophy
1: that's just Whittacomb being proud of his achievements I don't know um, I don't know if they make new if they make new ones or not. And to
0: mention Taskmaster New Zealand again, uh, the, the Taskmaster on Taskmaster NZ is a bloke called Jeremy Wells. The trophy actually does look like him. I'll give them that. Hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, banter. Uh, Alex has been, uh, is not. I was going to say promoted to, but that was like last week's banter. Alex is statistically speaking uh, the secondary Taskmaster who will take over if Greg is indisposed. Or they might get David. Or Williams. unless
1: they can't get David Walliams,
0: you know who David Walliams is right.
1: You've mentioned him before on this podcast.
0: Do you know who he is,
1: though? Yes, Walliams and friend. Walliams and friend. I, oh, yeah, that's that's where I mentioned it from. You you mentioned him very specifically.
0: Okay, I've I forgot that that moment happened. Okay.
1: Anyway, I, um, I, I, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna test my own knowledge of the podcast that I'm on. That was season. I one. I can't give you a right
0: answer.
1: Season episode five likely. or six. It, it it was one of those because, and I'm gonna be wrong, but I think it was either five or six of season one. That could be an interesting
0: uh special episode. Um, I had a couple of ideas for special episodes we could do. Um, one trivia was, challenge
1: um, make Joe remember what he said
0: or we could do like a back and forth quiz between each of us so you ask me questions on what I've said and vice versa yeah we, we could um, and the other thing I had in mind um, once we've done champion of champions I was thinking maybe we could do a tier list of the series 1 to 5 contestants oh, that
1: that would be a very interesting thing to do yeah we should
0: yeah just so you like you don't have to wait long to hear more of like more opinionated stuff on us. Then maybe we'll yeah, if we and, if we continue um, into series six and to ten. We'll probably do one for that too.
1: Anyway, uh do you want and, to do uh, the priest talking about Uh I did it last week. You should do it this week. And um, okay. if you the audience have any other th- opinions on what we should do for like special episodes, please do email us at ytsnpod at gmail.com or leave a comment in YouTube or uh Find Emerson's house and throw a brick through his window with a note attached to it,
0: or, or so, just fall down my chimney like Santa,
1: or fall down his chimney. I don't. Um, we I'm, have I'm a fast. chimney that's that's open.
0: I, I don't. I don't. I don't think our chimney's open. Well, we might, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, fall down task.
1: my chimney, get blocked by the flu, and die. There's an option.
0: Uh, prize task. Uh, shiniest thing. Uh, so Sarah Pascoe is up first. She brings in the take that single shine. Brilliant song. Um, on
1: CD, which is very important because the CD is very shiny as well.
0: Very true. Um, I don't know who still uses a CD player. Um, I personally don't. Um, anyway, uh, I this do. isn't the, okay. You You could probably make some use out of that. I'm not saying it's a worthless yeah. prize. It's just saying it, It's a. It's not yeah. a worthless prize altogether. It's just might be better suited to some than others. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's not the first time Sarah has mentioned take that on the show. Um, obviously her domino rally is based very, on take uh, that.
1: She has a Hello. very like loves-
0: we take that. Welcome to oh the concert. That right, such a Pasco strange and I really don't fucking
1: think. thing. That's such a strange fucking thing but Sarah has a uh, very uh, love sadness relationship with Take That very rocky because history. um because she, hopes that if she, she liked them, them then they broke up and then yeah, they broke up in she discovered 96. they don't then she discovered they don't pay their taxes and then that's apparently a deal breaker for her. Yeah. So uh all of that
0: Uh, Sorry, uh, I'm just trying to move my set around, which is especially difficult under a dressing gown. Um, Anyway, uh, back. Uh, Sarah hopes that if she loves to take that enough, they will change for the better and they will start paying their taxes properly. Uh, Yeah, you already said that. Uh, uh, I didn't say that specific bit, but yes. um, Little Rob Beckett. uh, His 99% completed World Cup sticker album. Which this in. is
1: not the first World Cup sticker album we have gotten as a prize, because I distinctly remember Josh Whitcomb bringing a similarly done sticker book from a mm. different World Cup well, that was done all the way. No, I think I think it was actually I think it was
0: the same World Cup. If I'm being honest,
1: it might have been it because um, you
0: know, series one came out in like 20 f- in sometime in 2015. So. Um, yeah, there might have been. Josh obviously had. Actually, it still makes the time. The twenty fourteen uh, Brazil World Cup would have been the most recent World Cup at the time of recording. Yeah, obviously it was, there, there's since it was, been uh, the Russia World Cup, uh, but that didn't that hadn't happened Qatar at the
1: time. Is, of this. Qatar, Qatar is Qatar is next, next year, twenty
0: twenty two, which interestingly is happening happening in November and December because it's going to be way too hot because in the summer.
1: Qatar is a, like, desert hellhole. Exactly. There's a whole episode that we could do on on why, you know, Qatar is awful, but we won't right now. We, we might not even do busy. it at
0: all. Uh, anyway, uh, this is a, even in comparison to Josh Whittacombe's prize, this is not good because Josh's uh, sticker album, according to him at least, uh, was 100% complete in Nick form. Uh, and Rob's it was all straightened only- out. Rob's is only ninety nine percent completed, so in that sense, I don't even know why Rob brought it in. He must have seen the first series, or at least had some because, access to it.
1: Because he said it had a bunch of shiny stickers.
0: Yeah, but he, he he's seen Greg's opinion on football, and Greg Greg has openly said that when he, that he hates football so much to the point where he's in charge, it would be banned.
1: Um, yeah, but. Then The other thing is that Alex has repeatedly said whenever he's asked about that very question, don't you think people have watched the show? He says, no, they never learn. Mm, well, the contestants true. never learn. Yeah. So it's very possible that that uh, he didn't or didn't give a shit. Very, very true. Uh, Paul Chowdhury
0: has brought in some Chinese medicine balls. Uh, but Paul simply calls them his shiny balls and Mime's uh, playing with them in his hands.
1: Which uh, I actually... We have a set of those somewhere. My my parents do.
0: I know somewhere we've got I a set of like uh, bowling green balls. I think they call bulls. pronounced slightly differently. I don't think they're the no, same. No, no, they're, as they're Chinese exactly
1: the. They're exactly the same thing. They're in that box even, and if you clack them together, they make a noise because there's some sort of thing inside of them. Okay.
0: It's
1: it's. It's, you know, if you're like six years old and you're playing with these, you know, it's very fascinating to just clink them together because they yeah, make like a ma- very sound.
0: Yeah, they're like, you know, those little magnets you throw together and they get buzzing noises. They mm-hmm. kind of, all right. Uh, yeah. What Paul does is he suggests that Greg should put the balls in his eyes and Greg said he would look like a Doctor Who monster. And Dave Gorman says well, he already does.
1: Well, that whole conversation is great because... This comes after uh, after we get to the next one, which is uh, Al that conversation comes from
0: Almar brought in a defunct Al- torch. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. brought
1: in a broken flashlight. Defunct light.
0: torch, pretty shit. Uh, broken, and that's where Broken it, flashlight.
1: The and conversation comes in because Al says that because uh, people start Al starts arguing that it it doesn't matter because it could work and then he's saying, like, oh, Sarah's thing wouldn't work without a CD player, and then it's like, and then Greg retorts, if I pluck my own eyes out, I won't be able to read his Rob sticker book, and then they say he could shove them in his eyes, and he'd look like a Doctor Who villain. It's exactly. a very um, roundabout way that do, do you want to drop in the soundbite of can whole argument? Or do you just want to drop... I can
0: okay. drop the, the soundbite in.
2: Yeah, my balls are fine. <laughs> Pop them, in Pop, them in. <laughs> Pop them in your eyes. I look like a Doctor Who monster. It'd be wicked. You already do. Oh. 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 Welcome to last place.
0: <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, Dave Gorman has brought in his cycling jacket made from the most reflective material in the world. Plus, there's a light on the back. Yep. Hi, Viz. It's very yep. safe. Winters I have third a couple
1: place. of that for when I go to work.
0: Yep. Uh, wins third place. Uh, Paul Chowdhury, uh, five points. Uh, Sarah, four. Dave, three. Rob, two. And Al Murray, rightly so, gets one point. And now uh,
1: we go to uh, first task. everybody's favorite segment. Everybody's favorite segment of this program, Emerson. Taskmaster oh, shit, Joe.
0: Yeah. Uh, how could I possibly forget? What an idiot I am. Taskmaster Joe. I'm so sorry, Joe. What is your opinion?
1: Yes. Well, I actually, I was going to give, well, first of all, let's just start out with, I didn't, in the same vein as the last task, last time with with the prizes, I didn't really like any of these as prizes. The task allowed for quite a bit of leeway in fun stuff, but it just didn't do anything so i i almost i was going through this i almost didn't award anyone first place i was gonna have like joint second because i thought they were all crap but um from the bottom uh absolutely al murray if i could give if i could take away points i would because that's just stupid now, genuinely uh, i don't think i've ever someone's less understood the prize task than um, all right. I think that's actually might be the worst prize we've gotten in the show so far i would
0: agree sorry I' um,
1: banging that was my water bottle but um then after that I would give Rob fourth place not because I don't like soccer but because um it's, it's not 100 percent complete it's soccer football when it's on this side of the, anyways whatever whatever football. sport football, it football, is, football, football, football football it's it's not complete. It's not a complete sticker book.
0: Yeah, Why do I
1: give a shit about an incomplete sticker book? And, you can ask um, the same
0: question to Greg.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, no, no third place. I'm going to give, uh, two people second place. I'm going to give, uh, Sarah and Paul second place because I really do like the, uh, the Chinese exercise balls and, um, I, I I don't know anything about take that I don't know anything about the song but she's so, she pretty good she not only
0: have take that has some very I, good classic songs that most British people would know
1: yeah but um I will give her points for doing what doc Brown couldn't last season when he brought in his um average white band thing and it because they it was like a their album was called like blue or something. It was the coolest blue thing, and we brought an average white band yep. in, like a di- with a blue cover. And so she accomplishes by having the sh- the CD called Shine in a CD, which is a very reflective thing. So she gets that, and there's no, but there's also no obvious colored joke. Like if she'd managed to find a band called Shine, that would have been top tier, like a CD of a band called Shine. That okay. would have been the best one, uh, but you she didn't. So she get second. I did because high vis jackets are really useful, especially when because you know especially if you cycle. Cycle. Cycling is fucking dangerous because oh, you get don't. run over by a truck.
0: Oh please don't! I was having this conversation with my mom earlier today.
1: Well, I mean, if you cycle down the street, okay, I'm going.
0: Listen, I'm going to go back to uni in a few weeks, and where I'm going to be living is quite far from where I need to from my from the university campus. So I'm I, I don't really want to walk there,
1: and I don't want I, to take the bus. Emerson, but you, you live in the United Kingdom. There's a whole different level of dangerous here that I'm talking about. Not not you. This is like from an American perspective. I mean, you can just ride down like a UK street that's like only slightly bigger than a car and no one's going to care here in the States. Like I just came back earlier today from a doctor's appointment in a town about 35 miles away. It takes me almost an hour to get there because it's entirely country roads with 55 mile an hour speed limit. And I live in an area where there's a lot of Amish people, Amish people. If you're American, you know who they are. If you're English, look, look them up. But I, I know Ami- I
0: know the Amish people from the uh, uh, Weird Al Yankovic parody of Gangster's Paradise.
1: That's fine. I lived in the town that he like had that music video set in Lancaster for Pennsylvania for a long time. Big Amish country. There's a lot of Amish out here in Ohio too. Um, but these people will ride their little push bicycles because they eschew technology down the side of the road and eighteen wheelers. Big SUVs, lifted pickup trucks, people driving over the speed limit all whiz by them, and they also, because of their religious beliefs, that a lot of them don't do bright colors, so if it's dark, they might not be visible, so you should have a high-vis jacket. Also, because of what I'm doing for work right now, I'm on and off a construction site all the time, having a high-vis vest is very safe in a wear- to make sure that people don't run you over with a forklift, and... If you ever want to get into some place where you're not allowed to be, put on a high-vis jacket, have appropriate work boots and long pants, and and carry a clipboard, and you can get in basically scot-free. Joe, this is very interesting, So we can uh, move on. Yes. Good. That's the, uh, that's, that's the end of the prize task, and we're on to uh, task one. Always your, have a high-vis jacket on you.
0: Spread your clothes as far and
1: wide as possible, and the task arrives via plane. Please hit us with it, Joe. This is... This is a very wordy task. Actually, all the one, all the tasks in this episode are very wordy. But the uh, the task arrives on a something? little model plane. Yeah, I have some jelly beans. I didn't think that was being picked up. Oh well, keep my going. bad. Um, so the task arrives on a little model of a P fifty one Mustang, as Al correctly identifies later. Um, the. Task reads, spread your clothes as far and wide as possible at your own expense. They must have realized they were dealing with Al Murray. You must discard four items of clothing that you're currently wearing farthest and widest winds. You have 30 minutes. Your time starts now. Now, this is one of the funnier tasks that I've seen in a while because these people just go absolutely They've fucking got very insane. different approaches. The instant The instant they they say this, like all of them just go nuts. So we start with uh, Paul Chowdhury, who spreads his clothing far and wide across the taskmaster estate. He puts one sock on the airplane that delivered the task. He put his other one on a tree by the caravan in the front gate. He put I think it was either a shirt or some leggings because they didn't look like anything else he could have been wearing at the moment uh, i'm not sure what over it was. the f- i i don't know fence. what it is either over the fence to the back which would have put it on the golf course that this property is attached to yeah. and then he puts one tree on the sock he puts one sock on a tree in the back of the estate that's in the corner we don't see because the house is in front of it then he tries to fly the model airplane with his sock on it away
0: and it crashes twice. Not-
1: this does not go very well for Mr. Chowdhury in the slightest.
0: Yeah, literally. Uh, he the plane... Lost, mild spoiler the plane He crashed. lost his task by a very, very, very large distance.
1: Yeah, Paul did not do very well at all, and he only has himself to blame for this. But also, just everyone questioning him on why he did that is also a very funny thing do they cut to
0: co- the ad breaks at this point or is that the next person
1: uh we we do cut to the ad break right oh, here great. which does uh, everybody we've got a solo task. everybody love yes everybody loves paul chowdhury he's just an incredible even me piece to of an extent i know in this and so uh to reward him they set him his own special task where he is instructed to have the most fun as he can in one hour in a bouncy house. Or a bouncy castle. I do bouncy castle. I apologize. I do love just the way he says one hour. Like he's shocked he has to have fun for that long. And I, we, I uh, have a
0: theory about this task, actually. Believe it or not. You
1: all. do, really.
0: I do. Well, and I want to make this it. very, very quick. I believe that this task is actually an inconclusive experiment, or at least an experiment that doesn't have the final result reported, uh, trying to test whether time flies when you're having fun. Really? What makes you say that? Well, think about it. Paul has got to have the most fun as possible in a time span that everyone considers to be really stupidly unnecessarily long. So they're hoping to if by having him have as much fun as possible, he forgets how long he's doing it. And hopefully, the, he's having so much fun to the point that when the hour's up, he says, No, mate, that wasn't an hour.
1: That's out of order, mate. Now, who? That's a very interesting thought. Who is putting on this experiment? Alex
0: Horn. He writes the tasks.
1: Mm. It's a theory. It's a, a very interesting theory that I'm not sure I get, but I'll have to think on it a bit longer. Well, I was just. Right, thinking you, I don't want to repeat there's...
0: myself over and over again because I don't. I, like I said, I want as little editing work as possible. Yeah, and your rants have not helped. Um, oh well.
1: No, no, I get what you're saying. I just, I don't think I. Uh,
0: you don't agree I, with I it.
1: fully follow. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more that like they were thinking who ha who is the least fun person of this group. Ah, it's Paul. He doesn't emote. Let's let's make him have fun. I still, I still, still
0: think that there's p- part of this is the whole point of the task is to get Paul to say no. That was not an hour. It didn't go by that quickly. And the only way to get him to do that is to have as much fun
1: as possible. Ah, no. I I think if they'd wanted to do that, they would have just gaslighted him and made him think it was an hour. But after it was only like ten minutes. That's that's much more in line with the casual. With the casual like sociopathy that Taskmaster Investor has. Sorry, I am on a very creaky chair in a very, very little room. Oh, so is in a shed. So is so is mine. Mine is very creaky. It's an old busted office chair that I've slowly am wearing into the ground because I'm too lazy to get a new one. Anyways, moving right along. Uh Sarah and Dave are shown next. They are they are um shown together, but I did my best to say what each person did individually. Uh, Dave Gorman rips his shirt uh, off. does, does <laughs> a very impressive thing. Cause I wouldn't have done this. Uh, he does in fact slice his shirt into with a knife. Uh, he climbs the tower that's next to the building, the taskmaster house, because they're not allowed to climb the house, but he does climb that. Uh, he then takes a bus, leaves his sock on board the bus Gave another sock to a cyclist who was presumably willing to carry Dave's sock, but well, not willing to sign a release it. form, and but not to sign a release form to have his face be shown on television because his face was blurred out. And then, uh, Taskmaster and likes then, to censor um, a lot of things, and it also doesn't like to censor a lot of things. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, He. Okay, and then uh, moving on to Sarah. Sarah uh, starts by taking her jacket and putting it on the fence. She doesn't uh, put it over the fence like Paul did. She just put it on the fence. Uh, she runs out to the Thames and puts a piece of wood inside her other, inside one of her socks and throws it into the river, expecting it to uh, bob away, which, as she will note in a little while, um, she misunderstood the task because... The task was wherever that was at the end of the half hour, and Sarah was thinking that it would, if she threw it in the river, it would continue moving, which would give her much more breadth or depth or width or whatever metric they want to go by. Uh, width by the time they I want it as it. wide as possible. Width. Yeah, as far and as wide. So, uh, she she sort of misunderstood the task, which also explains why many of her. Uh, uh, immediate decisions in tasks like this is to run as quickly as possible. I believe she ran 1.6 miles during this task, which is impressive. And then oh, is it, is this where Greg the way-
0: mimes uh, the action of running like Forrest Gump? Maybe. Well, he does, he Maybe. does it at Greg, one point.
1: Greg makes a and Greg makes a lot of fun faces and actions in this episode. No, but I, I just want
0: to say because Greg mimes running at one point uh, to emphasize this point of how Sarah runs and because i watched yeah. the episodes on a fast speed it's hilarious Ah, but um cuz he's just like he, sarah's fun- literally in like less than a less than a blink of an eye he's just sitting casually and the next second he's just pumping his arms with a, his tongue out like a psychotic dog
1: i i believe that was this episode
0: yeah it was he, and that, I, um, I i saw it when i watched it yesterday
1: yeah And then uh, Sarah's final destination is uh, Q Bridge Station, K-E-W Bridge. I've been been to the
0: station a couple
1: of times. Um, uh, I don't know what rail operator runs it now, but at the time, Southwest Trains. Because there was a Southwest Trains. Southwest uh, Trains. uh, she, She did not actually get on the train because the timer ran out just as the train arrived on the opposite platform from her. Uh, if the train hadn't showed up at all, we could make the ever-topical Southwest trains joke that it hasn't shown up yet. Yep.
0: I do know that um, the... um, I do know that the uh, right... I think... Actually, I want to make sure I get this right. I was going to say, I think it's the right-hand platform as you go in that terminates a Waterloo station. Well, either, I I, ta- I, d- I I used to take that train semi regularly, so if I don't know, I'm mm. going to look like an idiot. Um, anyway, should we move on to Al
1: and Rob? Yeah, yep. Um, they both use vehicles. Uh, Rob does this much more economically than than uh Al does. Um, he takes the uh he has Alex drive him around in the Taskmaster van, which is a uh, as I've said, it's a Ford white Trans- Ford Transit Connect. Yep. He just drops his clothes and, off uh, at random points. Yeah, he throws them out the window. Uh, and you all, all this time, Rob has got a-
0: his, this big old smile on his face. His, his wind-up chattering teeth are in full <laughs> view the whole time.
1: And uh, his, he ends by tossing his pants out the window as they're driving right at the end of it, which is uh, just hilarious. He's sitting in the the, he's sitting in the van in only his underwear, which is just perfect. That's exactly how he wanted to do it. No
0: more poetic image uh, then, than. That.
1: Then we get um Al Murray, who uh who called two cabs. Actually, he only called one. He then flagged down a second one. Has Alex takes his hat and his jacket, and has him deposit them somewhere far away. I don't know where he did, but they were in a park somewhere. Uh, then he Al and takes the, other the, other taxi the production home. staff. Al takes yeah. the other taxi he home. He takes the cab home and gets in his car, drives somewhere else. I believe at one point he leaves a production assistant standing in the middle of the street holding his coat. Because no, I think that was Al Alex with the other taxi. Lo- well, either way, Al did not want to lose these things. I wonder how. Because. Everybody else was content with like losing items of clothing. Al was not having that. So, uh, I don't think I'd be so he,
0: super content with it either, if I'm being honest.
1: I, I would because either, I take but I,
0: I take pride in pretty much all my pieces of clothing. Oh,
1: yeah, no, I I love all my clothes, but I would have like I I'm not entirely certain what I would have done, but it would have been a hell of a thing. I would have tried to find a I definitely would have fallen into the trap of Sarah Pascoe, where I uh, I would have assumed that it had like it had to keep moving because I I was thinking I would have run to the post office and like mailed my shirt to my house in America.
0: Very good, and that idea. would have gotten it very good far. idea in on paper, but not so great in the. Uh, also, yeah, um, do you remember? Uh, and then also- the very first episode of. Well, Series 3 we did. We I said was about, we would calculate how much I was money I spent so
1: far. I was about to get to that because well, it's we also said after the, after the fact, uh, Al also apparently paid a gentleman to take his shirt in a third direction on foot while he and Alex went in vehicles. Uh, a total is mentioned partially. Alex's cab fare was 60 pounds. I don't think that goes towards Al, price. though,
0: because... Alex. Well, no, no. Paid Al for paid
1: for Alex's cab. Yeah, but Al. Al, Al, Al Alex that. says
0: he's trying to sell a sofa, so I assume he's trying to sell the sofa to pay back the money for the cab that he paid for. No,
1: I think that was just that he was uh, selling a sofa and was using that as free advertising. But uh, it is mentioned then that apparently all told, Al had spent three hundred and forty pounds that day. Wow, which is a not in. Well, that's that's what it's mentioned at the end. Either Alex has been keeping a-, a tally of what Al has spent... Including uh, the first
0: cab, uh, that's uh, 490. I think we set the gong at about 50 pounds, did we? Yeah. So that mm, so, so Al's uh, budget
1: so far the series is circa 540 pounds. Yeah, somewhere around that. Al Murray, if you're listening to this and want to... Correct us in any way, please do get in touch with us at ytsnpod at gmail.com. Anyway, uh the
0: distance is covered. Uh Almari obviously uh well I'd say obviously, yeah. Uh 6.2 square miles. Al- it's the farthest. Uh then
1: we've got Rob, we have uh, got 2.7 square miles. Not
0: bad. Uh Dave Gorman,
1: 0.3. Uh I have a Sarah of who the misunderstood the task. Uh and 0.0-0-2. 0.02. Because they both misunderstood um, far and wide. And then we get Paul Chowdhury. Chowdhury, 0.001 square miles. Square miles.
0: And um, the scores at this point, very interesting. Everyone is on six each. I
1: even had it written down. I never write down the scores.
0: Um, is the next come ad break here Or is that a bit
1: later uh, That is a little bit later I believe it's right after the uh, Introduction of the second task Which uh, okay. My my notes open with uh, Gorman is a time traveler Oh yeah speaking of the second task
0: um, Find out what this gentleman Did for a living but he can only reply Falsely
1: And um, he, you must whisper at all times And he can only nod or shake his head
0: Exactly um, this the takes gentleman in the question lab. is called uh, Hugh, and at the time of recording, he was eighty-one. He was, uh, 80,
1: was he eighty-three or eighty-one?
0: I think they said he was eighty-one. Hmm. Uh, well, he's um, an
1: octogenarian, so that means he's in his eighties. Yes, he. And the fun fact is that he he looks a bit like Alex to the point where yeah. everyone thought that he was his dad. But the face Alex like, pulls
0: at this point is—I love this face. It's
1: hilarious. Should we but make it the thumbnail? Also, I was actually thinking there's a different screenshot that of a face that Greg made later. That Can you send it I, to me? Yes, but um, actually, at the same time, uh, he, Hugh is also dressed like he is Dave Gorman from the future.
0: Yeah, because Dave Dave Gorman does most of his all of his tasks in like a long sleeve plaid. Shirt. Um, yeah. And Hugh's also wearing a long sleeve plaid shirt and very similar color scheme. Um, so they have to find out what Hugh does for a living. Should we say what Hugh did for a living now and see if we can pronounce the word right?
1: Yes. Although I, you say it first. Uh, okay. He was an anesthetist. Ah, now you see this is very interesting because my, my my parents do work in the med. My parents do work in the medical field, so I knew what this man did for a living when they said it. But I've only heard it as anesthesiologist, which is somehow easier to say. Anesthesiologist, which is I, I'm not sure if it an, rolls uh, off the tongue if, better. So I
0: think that's why yeah. I'm it not might be sure easier. if
1: anesthesist or anesthesiologist are the same position. I bet they are. I think anesthesiology
0: that's exact- is the overall study of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I, I this must be like the difference, like soccer versus football.
0: I mean, say you wouldn't call them, I mean, like an archaeologist, you wouldn't call them an archaeist or something.
1: Now I gotta look this up. Keep talking while I look this up.
0: Uh, okay, so uh, what Rob does, instead of... Um, Everyone sits directly opposite uh, Hugh, except for Rob, uh, who's sitting perpendicular to him, right at the corner of the table, at the closest corner to the table facing the camera. Um, and he asks him a bunch of questions. Uh, when he gets to the doctor route, um, this happens with a, a couple of competitors, but when they re- reach the doctor point, uh, Alex asks them uh, what specific type of doctor. And, okay, uh, so. Rob asks if he was Dr. Pepper or Dr. – I think it was Dr. Doolittle, the second one.
1: Yeah, there are a bunch of different things. Um, uh, medic- so I have the anesthesiology a Wikipedia page pulled open. Terminology differences, uh, U.S. anesthesiologist, Europe, including U.K., anesthetist, and then Australia has it pronounced the same as the U.K., but spelled differently. Okay. Because – Australia has it spelled A N E S T H E T I S T, and Europe has it A N A E S T H E I E T I S T. What? Sorry, what? What was the different letter spelling? Very quickly, there's an there's a second A in the European spelling.
0: Okay, and the, do they remove that A in Australia? Yes. Okay,
1: right, but um. um and then there's the United States who calls it anesthesiology. Right. So uh,
0: I've got no more nothing to say more on that.
1: But um yeah, I did like how I actually ha- did have the note is that uh is that Rob and Paul did cotton on very quickly that he was a doctor, but are both ha- or are both hamstrung by their lack of medical knowledge.
0: Exactly. Um Paul finds out he's a doctor at some point, and uh when he and when Alex says that he needs to be a doc, he needs to find out what specific type of doctor, Paul says, easily one of the funniest things, not only of the episode, but probably of the series.
1: Are you a, doc- are you a doctor? He's a doctor. What's up Dr. Paul? Oh, for fuck's sake, you fucking <laughs> bastard.
0: And then I it's just off. It's so perfect. And Hugh's I- reaction to it, because... He's very bit. He's he he at this point in time, he's been a very I wouldn't say static, but he's been very uh, b- like very blunt in his emotions, like what he's presented on his face. Like, he'll he will like do a very s- simple smile or a very simple frown. And then when uh, Paul swears quite manically in front of him, he laughs, he breaks character basically. And I like I mm-hmm. found that very funny. Um, I didn't write down all the things Paul said, um, but I do, did write down that he asked Hugh if he got involved with the nurses and made a grand total of 15 sexual references throughout.
1: Also asked him if he was Dr. Dre, a rent boy, and several other things, and swore 23 times.
0: The 15 sexual references is, I'm so, I'm so sorry if something keeps bumping. This bloody dressing gown keeps bumping my pop filter. And also what happens is I've got my uh, headphones plugged into my microphone for a change so I can monitor it. And honestly, it sounds like I'm listening to myself perform ASMR in real time.
1: Oh no, you're getting speech jammed. That's the worst.
0: Well, you didn't hear me?
1: No, 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 no. When you have it plugged into your... Headphone. when you can hear yourself talking there's a thing that happens sometimes called getting speech jammed where i kind of like it not gonna it, lie it's it's well no you should listen to some clips of people getting speech jammed because it basically f- screws with their head and it 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 what knocks are, their brains speech processing out of calibration so they just can't talk i mean correctly. i'm
0: doing all right i think
1: Maybe Imagine if we did an entire episode
0: in ASMR.
1: No. Hello and welcome no. to Your Time Starts Now, a Taskmaster podcast. I, I could only do it by <laughs> shouting, shouting directly into my microphone like this. Hello, this is ASMR. I have the microphone stuck into my mouth, basically. This would not end well for you, the audience, or you, because you're listening to this. I've just taken my
0: headphones out, so I can't hear exactly what you're saying, and in case you're doing exactly what I think you're about to do, (laughs) but that was not as bad.
1: (laughs) Oh, I can hear you through your headphones, through me through your headphones.
0: (laughs) That's, that's going to sound so trippy.
1: I can hear me through your headphones.
0: Uh, The reason I took them out is so that you didn't do what I thought you were going to do when I said that it didn't really affect me, and that was bellow at the top of your lungs.
1: Mm-hmm. You know me so well, Emerson. I do. If we do an ASMR episode, I'm gonna, like, turn all my noise cancellation software op- off and just show up with a bag of chips <laughs> and no. just eat them one at a time. All right. We, we need
0: to keep moving. I don't want any m- much more editing. Um, Your your mukbang starts now. <laughs> anyway, uh, Rob took a not bad, 10 minutes, five seconds. Paul, a little bit longer, 42 minutes and seven seconds. Um, Sarah and yeah, Dave that's, Gorman. That's,
1: not, that's, a lot, that's a lot of a difference.
0: Uh, Sarah and Dave Gorman, There's. I honestly have nothing to say about Sarah at all. She just asks the questions, reaches the doctor, bit, uh, and keeps going
1: down the route until she eventually gets it. She did ask if he made babies in test tubes or studied urinary tract infections.:
0: That's true, uh, to which the very was, specific
1: questions.:
0: Yeah, that's very true. Uh, Dave Corman goes the alphabet approach, and because his job starts with a uh, A, he was able to reach it very quickly. Um, yeah, uh, but from there, then he just had to like go through all the categories of jobs that begin with A, and he couldn't think of a whole lot. But he was able to get um Hugh's job in four minutes 21 uh versus Sarah's eight minutes 31 and um yeah al al goes uh he he, he does a similar thing to like Rob he starts asking he does I ask the questions but he gets to an ethicist in two minutes eight seconds I, I just I just I said would, the word without thinking about it and I think I said it perfectly. I would
1: like to I would like to also give credit to Greg and Alex, who, um, who said nobody can do it faster than, uh, than Dave could, and then they show, and Al. then Al, and then they they show Al, and it was a it was a very good thing. Al claimed that he had basically read the vibes of this guy because he had a cousin who was an anesthesiologist or an, or anesthetist. an anesthetist, and uh it, he got it on his. He got it on his third guess. Uh, he claimed that he knew because Hugh had soft hands and uh, got the same vibe as he did off of his cousin. Uh, but Greg threatens
0: to disqualify Al. Uh, For not whispering. And then he says he's joking, and he says um, uh, "He says a quote that I uh, relate to a lot. Uh, he says... Like me, please like me. Yeah. Uh, yeah anyway... Obviously, Al wins the task. Dave came second, Sarah third, Rob fourth, and Paul uh, last. So which means the scores go Al's in the lead on 11, Dave's on 10, Sarah's on 9, Rob's on 8, and Paul is on 7. Um, I think we skipped over a couple of uh, the continuations on Paul charity's second task, but at some point, uh, someone we, throws we did. Uh, a bunch of uh, footballs or stuff at him, and the next he's just lying down on the… Yeah. Uh, he does
1: seem to be having
0: a very nice time. I'll tell you what, though. If I was on that bouncy castle, I would probably just, lie face down after for, the, like, the last
1: 45 minutes. Oh, no, I'd be having fun. I'd probably have roped Alex into it, too.
0: I, th- I think that'd be funnier to watch, though. Uh, I saw this, like... I can't remember the source of it, but it was like a f- very... It was like an edited uh, Club Penguin uh, meme image kind of thing. I don't know exactly what to call it, but it was like... There was a caption that was like, things are really heating up at the Club Penguin dance floor kind of thing. And it was like an outside shot of it. Then he cut to the inside Uh, and the dance floor is completely deserted.
1: Except for one penguin who's just lying face down. That joke would make a lot more sense if I knew what Club Penguin was. I don't know what Club Penguin is. Oh,
0: dear. You've got a lot to learn, my friend. You've got a lot to learn.
1: Mm-hmm. But everyone, um, uh please
0: feel free to bombard Joe with comments, hating him that he does not know what Club Penguin is. Uh but please send them to the email address of at gmail.com and mention specifically that they are for Joe.
1: Well, you should also uh do also comment on our YouTube channel because that way we get engagement and the algorithm will pick this up.
0: Uh very true. But
1: uh but um Yes. uh, Moving on to task three, we get a team task in what is probably the least wordy task of the entire episode outside of the prize task. Make the most special effect. You have one hour. They are um, in the they're in a room in the Taskmaster house. It is covered in green paper because they're obviously green screening stuff. And uh, they even have the little P-51 come in model and deliver the task again. Al correctly identifies that it is a P fifty one D, specifically the D model. I'm not ent- I'm not as well versed on World War II era aircraft as I'd like to be. So um I'm not entirely certain how we came to that determination, but he's probably got a very good estimate. Uh we we start off and really they don't show anything of how it's done. At yeah, all. No, they don't. And so we just have to go directly into uh, the films. Uh, So first we have the beards, uh, Al, Paul, and Dave. They are playing, uh, Paul and Dave are playing soccer. The soccer ball flies across the park they have green screened themselves into, hits Al in the head, and Al's head flies off and then is used as a soccer ball before being kicked back onto his head. But not before being and kicked up high fine. into the air
0: to Al's uh, horror. Yes. Passing the
1: plane. What was it called again? The P-51 Mustang. The do P-51 have, Mustang. Do you, do you want to put the soundbite of Sarah Pasco explaining how this film worked? Because I'll yeah, well, just honestly, put it in.
0: It, putting soundbites in isn't hard. It's just like more the length of time I'm concerned. Yeah. About. Um, but I think we'll be okay. Can um, we talk through the narrative of the film?
2: I could talk yeah. you through it, because yeah. I watched it. Um, what it is. <laughs> I don't want to read too much into it, but at the beginning there's a man who's got a head, but another head. <laughs> on top of the head. But he's hidden one, of, one of his heads is reading the paper, and the other head is Al Murray, the comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right so far? Well, um, I, I
0: had no, no idea it already. was auto, an autobiographical piece. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: And then the ball hits it and then Al Murray's head is in the air and you're like, oh, no, I'm really worried about Al Murray. And then can, occasionally... I, can I stop you, Sarah? Yeah.
0: I'll just tell you now that I don't know whether people will be going, oh, no, I'm worried about Al Murray, <laughs> because Al Murray's disembodied head was smiling throughout. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So sometimes, for the like the, the viewer who might get scared too easily, he occasionally just came out of the green screen, so you can see his trousers. Yeah. yeah. And I remember what it was, and stop worrying. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. all yeah, that's
1: Special. That's a special effect. Yeah. <laughs> very. It was yeah. one of our
0: special effects. Yeah. Sometimes keep... the word special can mean bad.
1: <laughs> and then. And then we have. And then actually, um, in between this and Sarah and Rob's film, we do have another Paul interlude which my entire thing says, Paul Task, he's still having fun. That's it. He's just on the bouncy castle. I believe he's getting a uh, shoulder massage from Alex,
0: Mm. which seems... Alex Alex is the bitch boy, basically.
1: We all have our own idea of fun, and that's Paul's idea of fun. We don't have Uh, an
0: episode title yet, do we?
1: No, I don't know yet what we're going to
0: call it. I know what we'll go. I'll will feel like I haven't let you a lot or a lot of what you've said go be a lot of episode titles. So I'll be nice and we'll probably call it "Corrupt Firemen" or something.
1: Oh, that's great. That'll be great. Um. Uh, but anyways is, is it "Corrupt to... Firemen" or "Corrupt Firefighters"? Corrupt Firemen. That's that's what it should be. Okay. <laughs> even even if that's not what you said in the beginning corrupt fire yeah corrupt firemen all corrupt firefighters something whichever like one
0: you say in the beginning is the one we'll go yeah with, okay
1: great but yeah we'll go with that and then uh and then um, am onto rob and sarah's film uh rob and sarah have through the edit of jump cuts and quick edits uh, magical disappearing objects as a relationship falls apart they make a lot they make up a lot of subtext in the immediate aftermath of this film more oh. so than in the film because we'll play the, the, up- we'll the soundbite. Oh.
0: um
1: oh we'll just play the entire audio of the film okay that'll yeah because
0: this one you can actually play all the audio for and I should say the uh the pinging noise uh is Rob Beckett making a very over exaggerated wink at the
1: camera yeah it's sort of like Q snapping his fingers in Star Trek to change something okay Soundbite.
2: Hey Wub, do you like my new shoes? What shoes? My shoes have disappeared. No, they haven't. These aren't mine. What about these? I've never seen these before in my life. Here you go then. Can you just give me back my shoes? Coming right up. (laughs) Oh, Oh, phew. Thank gosh you've stopped mucking around with shoes. And I asked you not to use magic in the house. We're not in the house. (laughs) Rob, how are you going to magic yourself out of a divorce? I'll find a way. (laughs) My shoes.
0: Yeah, this this one's very I I like this one a lot. It's where the very nuanced
1: character type yeah. comes in. Uh um, This was a um a very elaborate explanation developed on the spot. My favorite line of this was the shoe didn't fit emotionally, which came out of Paul Chowdhury in a surprisingly articulate review of this film yeah. that, that's a very that, um sophisticated thing to say uh, because Chaudhry,
0: which directly contrasts to something he says in the next episode which uh, uh, we should note
1: it. that that if it's not made clear in the uh in the soundbite at the end of the episode at the end of the uh film sarah's character is replaced with a with a man So everyone's saying that, like, the shoe didn't fit emotionally, this relationship wasn't working, and Rob's character found himself with a gay man. So it's like, you know, it's like there's this whole subtext they pulled out of nowhere, and it's funny. Yeah.
0: And uh, in the soundbite, Greg uh, compares Rob's over-exaggerated wink to that of a a gay magician. (laughs) And also, obviously, throughout the series... um, in the team tasks, Rob and Sarah have been compared to uh, have been called brother the, and sister. Yep, and this time they're playing a married couple.
1: Which boy does? We're broadcasting live from the pits of Alabama. It's your time starts now. Anyway, oh hang on.
0: I was I was making notes earlier, and um, obviously Rob does his uh, chimp face when suggesting a King Kong. And uh Paul uh compares films such as Independence Day to Big Mama's and House.
1: Big Mama's House.
0: Which- I want to see ta- if there's ever like a film task again. Uh, oh, great idea for a bonus content. Um once we've seen like enough uh films made by the contestants, um we should make we should create the the Greggies parody of the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Toss awesome, it's uh, we won't. Um, we won't announce the Greggies yet. We'll probably do it um, maybe a bit lot later. But at some point, we might open up nominations, and you can uh, say which films you think, which ones you think might win. Or yeah. You should win.
1: But um. That'll be. But a fun yeah, that idea though. Yeah, the Greggies. We should get like a like some really terrible medal that we can send to each person or something. Uh, we'll probably just send them an, an an image of a of Greg's trophy. An, an head. email, yes. But um, uh, finally, on to the live task, which uh, I believe is you, Emerson.
0: It, it is me, indeed. Uh, live task: wearing a blindfold, cover yourself in sticky notes, and um, the sticky
1: notes must be applied individually. And the person with the most sticky notes still applied to their body. After 100 seconds, wins. This is a really fucking wordy task. Mm,
0: I'd say it's pretty simple, though. It's
1: long. It's very
0: long. I mean, it didn't seem long originally, but I am so sorry. I'm moving this bloody...
1: Well, when you're writing... I write all of these down. I write all of these down verbatim. So it's always like, God damn it. What happened to most melon wins? Or eat me fastest wins.
0: Uh, well I mean we had release Alex Fastest Wins. I yeah. Yeah. But um Um anyway, uh Paul immediately asks if they should take off all their clothes. And Greg and, says,
1: No mate, don't do that. And then also uh we should note that Sarah isn't wearing any shoes because Because Rob winked and made them go away.
0: Even though they're very plainly right next to her. And also, Rob asks if they can put sticky notes on the insides of their clothes, which they cannot do. Which is a shame, because he wanted to stick all those sticky notes in his pants. Uh, We don't need to know about... We don't need to... um, We didn't need to hear that, did we? Not really. If anything, it's kind of sad that he said that. Um... What Rob should have probably done was say, "Well, maybe uh, he's one wearing of, one big of the other pants. male one of the other male contestants would need to do it." Maybe he's wearing big pants. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Anyway, I've um, really got no notes on this. Really. No,
1: I don't either, because it's like, okay, here's theater of the mind for the audience. Picture someone wearing a blindfold, sticking post-it notes to themselves. Imagine that for a hundred seconds. Can we just have like a hundred seconds of dead air, or like with like a little jingle playing? Well, also, imagine... I, don't,
0: well, I'll, I know what I'll do. I will Google most annoying royalty free music I can find. Oh,
1: don't don't then... make it annoying. Don't make it annoying. Just have it be like do 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 for a hundred seconds. And <sighs> picture whatever you want to. It's that. It's people sticking sticky notes to themselves. We can't make it interesting because it wasn't interesting to begin with. Okay. Uh, Anyway, scores. um, Paul Chowdhury
0: is last on one. Al got two. Sarah gets three. Dave four points. Rob five
1: points. Um, Which um, Just to say, uh, Paul got 29 sticky notes. Al got 31. Sarah 33. Dave 40. Rob 45. Because they did sit. And uh, so... We do have a winner for the episode. Uh, uh, it's Mr. the first Dave, time winner
0: as well, Mr. Dave Gorman. Who uh, goes up and collects his prizes. Yeah. It's very, very close at this point as well. We've had four episodes and four different winners.
1: Which I'm not sure when the last time that happened.
0: All, all that's needed is for Sarah Pascoe to win episode five and there's a complete set.
1: And there was also a Obviously change in, in the overall season leadership as well.
0: Yeah, Rob, Rob Beckett take, took charge of the series from this point onward. Yeah. It's, now, it's now his game to lose from this point onwards.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: I was going to say, though, when I first watched Series 6, I had a hunch that Rob Beckett was going to prevail victorious over the likes of the two old men and Paul Chowdhury and Sarah. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, we'll draw this to a close in a little bit. Yeah, this is actually goddamn. This is an hour nine. This is one of the shortest episodes we've gotten, and we had full banter and everything else.
0: Yeah, I think this is a good sign. If I'm being honest, it means that we're able to um not go off on tangents as much. Although maybe an episode where we just talk would be quite fun. Oops, all tangents. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, a full, but um. Three hours of just us bitching.
1: Oh, my God. But, uh, yes, um, that. Uh, unless you have anything else, I believe that draws this episode to a close at um, an hour 10. Do I have anything to say? Um,
0: like, other than share, the fact that We've got one more episode of series uh, three left. Uh, we will be taking a short another break after series 3 I will be going back to university and
1: in the beginning I probably won't have a lot of time Uh, we are going to try and record a have your say episode immediately following the end of the season so if you want to say something about this show or about taskmaster or say how stupid we all are well actually we won't let you on if you say that last one but uh, if you want to say something uh, imagine if we don't get any
0: responses to that (laughs)
1: I think we've got
0: one lined up. Okay, well, one's better than none. Yeah. And And it'd be good to have a brand new new perspective on Taskmaster as well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I've been Emerson. I've been Joe. And Alex has been Alex. And uh, I don't have anything else. Goodbye. Uh, Bye, bitches. (laughs)